0: Here, the Atlantic Ocean meets the western coastline of Namibia. The country was once one of four German colonies in Africa, and at the beginning of the 20th century, the stage for a revolutionary development in visual documentation. It's here that the first color photographs of Africa and its people were taken.
1: It was still a very new and sensational technique, with photos suddenly being available in color. For the viewer, a color
2: photo feels much closer than a black and white one.
0: Robert Lohmeyer was a pioneering photochemist who created the first color portraits in Africa, in his diary he would later recall.
3: In connection with this debate, I was asked whether I would venture to take type images in this form. I could naturally make no promises, as it would depend not on me, but on the fellows being willing to keep still. The
0: so-called type images, racialized photos taken with the intent of showing a German audience, African people grouped according to their ethnic background and the countries they lived in. The story began with an innovative new camera, a colorful new way of promoting German colonialism. Far-flung lands, their towns, cities, and inhabitants. Three-color photography was a revolutionary development, and this was the first time it was put to use to generate popular support for Germany's colonial ventures.
4: There was always a holiday feeling when we visited my grandparents. Granddad would say he was going to get out the heavy book, and these things really were terribly heavy. He'd put it on the table, and we'd look at the pictures page by page, not every time. But when we had time, it was very special. And of course, he'd tell us stories, too. We were really impressed by the pictures.
0: In March 1909, Wobat Lohmeyer set out on a steamship run by a Hamburg-based colonial shipping company. His destination, German Southwest Africa, today's Namibia. The German photographer compiled a private photo album documenting his travels, featuring black and white images. Among them, his arrival in Swakopmund, the main port serving the German colony. He also kept a diary, made public here for the first time. German Southwest Africa was not his first stop on the continent, but it was a disappointing one.
3: I must confess, one cannot possibly imagine a sorrier sight, an endless sandy desert with houses, with not a single tree or shrub. Little Mrs. Henning, the attorney's wife, broke out in tears when she saw her new home. I could not think of anything more saddening than having to live here permanently on the coast.
2: People generally knew very little about the colonies, as hardly anyone had actually been there, and reports were pretty
5: rare.
4: At its peak, the population of Germans in all the colonies together was 25,000, so vanishingly small.
0: So Robert Lohmeyer was sent to Africa, where he effectively served as the PR director of Germany's colonies. Working for a Berlin publishing house and with the backing of the German authorities, he traveled across the continent. His job was to produce color photographs showing Germans the beauty of their distant colonies. His primary focus was human subjects who had been categorized by European anthropologists. It was the first time that Germans saw color images of African people.
1: Photography was essentially a colonial tool and accessory. The pictures served to demonstrate supposedly scientific, hierarchical differences between people and cultures. And they also served to degrade individuals into types, based on exterior features.
5: Biologistische Vorstellungen waren ganz wichtig für die Politik.
2: Biologistic ideas of race were very important for German colonial policy in particular. They were all pervasive, as seen in advertising. The imagery used was strongly influenced by the belief that the quote unquote European race was superior to others. That white Europeans were at the top of the hierarchy.
0: The photographs that Lohmeyer delivered were precisely what his employers wanted. They showed the indigenous population of Africa as being comprised of a variety of tribes and ethnic groups who differed in terms of appearance, character, and degree of civilization.
5: es gab eben diese Vorstellung auch der family of man dass der weiße mann auf der the was
2: the notion of the family of man with the white man up at the top, and all other colors lower down, the Asians in the middle, and at the bottom, black people. Then on the lowest rung were the san, for example, referred to as bushmen. There were all manner of theories intended to prove this. Theories now seem as unscientific, of course. But back then, they were considered scientific fact by anthropologists and ethnologists.
5: This
0: is the Lutheran Church in Windhoek, then and now. Wolfram Hartmann and Werner Hillebrecht live here in Windhoek. Hartmann is an historian born in Namibia. German born Hillebrecht moved here 30 years ago and is a former director of the National Archive. As experts of colonial history, they're familiar with Lohmeyer's photos.
3: You can make up all kinds of stories. These could be anybody, Herrero's, or just as easily, Ovambos. And the children, there's no way of saying that they're Nama children. This was probably on a farm, or Werft. A settlement where the white owner's workers lived or the owner lived with his Herrero wife. There was often a certain degree of ethnic mixing. For good reason, due to
4: the information imparted to the farmers. They were told to recruit people from different ethnic groups as they
3: supposedly didn't get on with each other, so they'd be easier to control. There were a lot of dubious myths being told about these pictures. He did quite a good job with the bastard girl. He didn't take a stereotypical shot. And she just has a pleasant appearance, but anyone could claim she's a bastard girl, she could also be a Nama woman. The texts accompanying the pictures in this book were not written to accompany the pictures. The pictures were just added in,
6: later.
2: It's not racist
4: to the same degree as, say, certain postcards in circulation back then. The individual portrait shots are dignified, which is surprising when you think about the other kinds of photos from that
6: time.
4: (laughs) Ethnological portraits, head-on and side-on, for depicting supposed racial types. That's not really the case with Lohmeyer.
0: The photos are considered to have artistic value. They're still published and posted today, sometimes on websites with decidedly non-artistic
7: agendas.
4: There are websites that clearly exhibit a nostalgic longing for this era, and these pictures feature heavily there.
0: At a time of growing digitalization and interest in German colonial history, Lohmeyer's photos are enjoying a renaissance, usually in the absence of any contextual information.
1: The pictures still have a powerful impact, especially due to their context-free circulation online. Whether for illustrating Wikipedia entries or in postcard collections, they automatically reproduce the colonialist and racist narratives contained in the images. These photos were created within the context of unequal power structures.
0: Robert Lohmeier was born in Leipzig in 1879, but went to high school in Berlin, the product of a typical middle-class upbringing.
6: Als ist nach gekommen, hat sich aber immer als
4: he was born in Leipzig. But then saw himself as a Berliner and was very proud of his local accent. He spoke very quickly and was ja, extremely eloquent and quick-witted. Und er war
6: sehr redegewandt und schlagfertig. Ja. Das ist glaube ich auch that dem was probably also due to his relatively small 1, stature. 1, 1, he was 5'4" at and, most. Um, he had to depend on his wit.
0: Lohmeyer decided to embark on a scientific career. In 1902, he enrolled at the Royal Technical College in Berlin. There, legendary German photochemist Adolf Mieter was one of his lecturers. That year, Mieter presented a groundbreaking invention, the three-color camera.
2: You had to take three photos in quick succession, which then probably meant four seconds, an eternity in photography. So back then, people had to really stay still for a number of seconds and try not to blink. mit den Augen klimpern und ja. And I think that's what gives these photos their static feel.
0: Mita's invention involved the subject being captured on three plates through red, green, and blue filters, with the color photo resulting from the three exposures. In 1903, Mita demonstrated his invention to Kaiser Wilhelm II. The German monarch was thrilled
8: der photographie, colonial expansion Europa The
1: invention of photography coincided roughly with Europe's colonial expansion and the emergence of ethnology, with all three influencing one another, And photography was an incredibly important tool, as it were, for communicating and disseminating the colonial concept.
0: The Hansa Hotel in Swakopmund was a hot spot for colonial high society in German Southwest Africa. Lohmeyer saw his job
3: as a patriotic one,
0: and his academic title helped.
3: Given the monstrous class differences at the time, I was considered acceptable in government and officers' circles. Otherwise, they would have just said, that's some photographer from Germany.
0: In Swakopmund, the colonial rulers were keen to set up a home away from home. Within a short space of time, they built a strikingly authentic replica of a small German town.
5: Basically,
2: they wanted to create a kind of superior Germany there, as was typical for colonial enthusiasts in the mid-19th century. But it didn't really catch on. And what they were left with instead were raw material producers, commercial markets and showcase buildings. Instead of creating a mini-empire, the idea now was more about establishing rule and making local people work for the German Empire.
0: Lohmeyer's assignment was to show the colonies working well in resplendent color. Essentially, propaganda for a German empire along British lines.
2: The colonial administrators were constantly citing Britain, the aim being to be its equal, owning and running large colonies and making profit from them too. India, with its size and being the jewel in the crown of the British Empire, was something they never achieved. But it was the prime example to follow.
0: In a foreword to the German colonies, Germany's leading anthropologist of the time, Gustav Fritsch, likened advances in photography to the progress brought by German colonial rulers to their African subjects. The book was a huge success. The Kaiser ordered his own personal copy, The luxury edition cost 220 Reichsmarks, almost a third of the average annual income of the time. A popular edition costing three marks 50 sold a phenomenal 60,000 copies, a bestseller.
4: My grandfather was pro-colonial but not in the overtly warmongering sense. He adopted the vocabulary of the time, the boys doing everything for him and carrying him through the jungle in a sedan chair. When I was a boy,
3: I would say my granddad was like Dr. Doolittle. Important above all was having a decent nag and a dependable black orderly, which for the local chieftains, in effect may be a guest of the government The primary difficulty, of course, was keeping the caravan together. Riding back, I occasionally administered a few blows of encouragement with the hippo hide-whip, an instrument worth its weight in gold here. Its appearance alone works wonders. Without a doubt,
4: racism was a core element of colonialism. It was essentially an integral part of thinking in that era.
0: The Africans were not seen as future fellow citizens like Cameroon-born Martin Dibobe, Bobe, who in 1902 became a city train conductor in Berlin. Africa was associated with untamed nature, adventure, and romance. Books with Lohmeyer's photos referred to Negroes and their place in contemporary racial theory. Some examples, each race should keep to its own an old phrase based on manifold experience that finds further confirmation here. To this day, the Bushmen wandering errantly in the grasslands exist on the lowest conceivable level of humanity. The life of the Bushmen is indeed reminiscent of that of animals in the wild. What is conspicuous, however, is the difference in facial shape between the Bagdamara and the Herero. Here, the broad-angular head of the despised cover. then the striking narrow head of the Omo Herero, the master with his, in many cases, almost Semitic-like features.
2: There was also the notion that Europeans had the right to rule over other peoples, because they were at the top of this racial hierarchy, a notion that went unchallenged. And those other peoples and societies were to work for the European man and be subordinate to him.
0: In addition to the native individuals debased in accordance with racial theory, Lohmeyer's photos also depicted the colony as a paradise with a solid infrastructure and breathtaking landscapes.
1: The motifs featured in Robert Lohmeyer's photos spoke a very familiar visual language for people back home, in terms of their composition. The photos show landscapes and architecture, often featuring imperial infrastructure and buildings such as churches. The composition was in many cases comparable with picture postcards that people knew from Germany or other places in Europe.
0: Shortly before Christmas 1907, Robert Lohmeyer disembarked from the steamship Edea, his destination, Lomé, the capital of Togo in West Africa, considered an exemplary colonial project.
3: I dressed up in my pristine white finery and drove proudly to the Governate, a new and expansive hall construction topped with a globe like the Tietz store back home on Leipziger Straße.
0: Koko Azamede is an expert in colonial history at the University of Lomé. Due to scheduling, our interview had to take place via video call.
4: Take the example of Lomé. Back then, it had streets, buildings and districts that went by the German name Lomé-Stadt. Lomé City was exclusively European, while the native population had to live on the outskirts in what was called lomeland They did build a couple of hospitals, but for Europeans only. As for medical treatment for the indigenous population, they were sent to shanty buildings in the vicinity of the hospital. So, all the photos taken by Lumaya show Germans exploiting the colony for the benefit of the German empire and Germans in general.
0: Togo was considered Germany's model colony for the commercial trading companies and plantation owners who set up business there, a peaceful and lucrative prospect.
9: The Togo colony
4: was more about exploitation than settlement. But in German eyes, it was a model colony.
9: Why? The
4: work done by Togolese helped to ensure that Germany no longer needed to invest economically in the colony.
9: From an alternative
4: perspective, my perspective too, this model colony was only beneficial for the German rulers. We suffered hardship from colonial rule, with our work only serving the power of the colonist and to the severe detriment of people's health and their own societies.
0: This book spoke belittlingly of the Togolese. The wheel is alien to him, as is the winch, the potter's wheel, the cart, the use of working animals or the plow. In these things, he's a thousand years behind the white man and the yellow race. Lohmeyer, too, believed in the idea of a civilizing mission. In this world, white men held all the power, and Togolese women were reduced to possessions and sex objects.
3: The new white man bought himself a young girl, and in the evening, the black woman, called Mami, appeared punctually on the veranda. A few days later, I, to my surprise, determined that there was likewise a black something or other offering itself outside my door. I still had no inkling that this was a customary gift for guests. Since I had absolutely no appetite for this kind of chocolate, I asked my host to refrain from such hospitality in future.
2: Initially, having an indigenous woman as a mistress was something the white colonialists took for granted. In their eyes, it was part and parcel of their conquest. Over time, that idea was increasingly subject to stricter race laws. A white man cohabitating with an indigenous woman would be said to have gone native.
0: Robert Lohmeyer also visited Lüderitz. The second most important port in the colony was also home to a little Germany, complete with all the trappings, as can still be seen today. Shark Island near Lüderitz was the site of a concentration camp set up by German colonial troops. Over 1,000 Nama starved and froze to death here. No Lohmeyer photos document these events. The Herero and Nama rebellion started in 1904. The German response was brutal and turned into a systematic genocide. Of 80,000 Herero some 65,000 were killed, together with half of the Nama's 20,000 strong population. Today, the crime is commemorated by a memorial in Windhoek. In its day, the bloody quelling of the rebellion was also the subject of fierce debate back in Germany. There it served as a key issue in the parliamentary elections of 1907. Both of Germany's most popular political parties condemned the colonial army's actions. Nonetheless, these events went unmentioned by Lohmeier in his travel logs.
8: Robert Lohmeier's Bilder setzen dem, dieser innenpolitischen Auseinandersetzung, ein völlig anderes Bild entgegen, nämlich dem Bild Robert Lohmeyer's
1: photos presented a completely different picture. One of peaceful colonies, of safety, of vast landscapes, the occasional inhabitant, architecture and clear compositions, giving the colonies an idyllic feel.
0: Vast landscapes, towns and villages with familiar architecture. The colonies were depicted as pleasant places to live, despite the reality that large swaths were barren wilderness. Lohmeyer's photography delivered an advertising world ideal. The Lüderitz railway line connected the port town with the interior and the Namib desert. Lohmeyer was among the passengers in his own carriage the train would stop wherever he commanded for him to take his pictures. Among his stops was Kolmanskop, a small settlement in the middle of the desert.
3: This until now, little known small town, owed its fame to the discovery of diamond fields in the sands of Kolmanskop. Aside from a number of pictures in the Namib, The only point of interest here were the various stages of diamond mining.
0: Kolmanskop was a backwater full of nouveau riche colonialists who had their bathwater delivered from South Africa in soda bottles. The diamond boom brought prosperity to the barren south of the colony. The settlers built themselves everything from ballrooms to bowling alleys The precious stones made a select few wealthy, but the colonial settlements were a largely subsidized undertaking.
7: Ultimately,
4: the German empire invested more money from tax revenues in the colonies than it ever earned from them, although certain companies were able to become extremely wealthy. Reich werden konnten, With yeah, mit phosphate, phosphate trading from the Pacific, Pacific the uh, diamond trade, um, der and the railways, for example. Beispielsweise. Das heißt also für, für so there were companies and their shareholders for whom colonial investments were extremely lucrative.
7: konnte der sehr Produkt, sehr 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 lukrativ sein.
0: In 1909, Robert Lohmeyer arrived in German East Africa, the pearl of Germany's colonies. Mount Kilimanjaro, celebrated at the time as Germany's highest mountain, was among the highlights on visitors' travel itinerary.
3: An unforgettable sight. Africa and snow. A combination so strange that the missionary who first reported it to Europe 30 years ago was declared insane. The most picturesque black people lived here, the so-called Maasai. Black would actually be the wrong word. They were dark brown and had wonderful warrior jewelry. I was most glad to be able to record this peculiar tribe too. The Maasai were
0: for Lohmeyer the epitome of the noble African, or as described in the book, the aristocratic caste of the native population. The Askari, a group of mercenaries from various parts of Africa, likewise enjoyed a reputation as excellent soldiers and dependable allies. Some would fight for Germany in the First World War. In what is now Tanzania, the dream of realizing a British-style empire seemed possible. The German regime was competing directly and in its own eyes, on equal footing with its European rival in neighboring Kenya.
2: It was a very prevalent idea in the run-up to the First World War, the German colonial company Managed to win over a lot of people with its endless promotional campaigns and events.
5: And in the
2: years before the war, this notion of rivalry became hugely important. Together with the idea of being a global power,
5: man sich eben auch als Weltmacht verstehen wollte.
0: Nationalistic propaganda played a major role among the competing colonial powers. Racist stereotypes were frequently deployed to demean both the colonized and competing European nations.
4: Simplicissimus was a satirical magazine that compared the various European colonial powers in very vivid terms. German colonialism was portrayed as peaceful next to the bloodthirsty Belgians or the capitalist exploitative imperialism of the
7: British, while
4: the interracial sexual mixing in Portuguese colonialism was also
7: frowned upon. For Germany,
4: these comparisons were important.
7: The
0: First World War in Europe killed millions and saw the collapse of the monarchy in Germany. With it ended Germany's aspirations to a global empire. Former German colonies were taken over by France and Britain. Back home, there was widespread shame over the presence of black occupying troops on German soil especially the French infantry group that had fought in the trenches on the Western Front.
2: It was a deliberate humiliation and met with fierce opposition, including organized protests by associations in Britain and the US. The idea of a white population being guarded and commanded by black men was unprecedented and considered an absolute reversal of the natural order.
0: Even left-wing satirical publications in Germany, such as Kladderadatsch and Simplicismus, join the propaganda war against the so-called black infamy, fueling racist notions of the murderous, sexually violent black man. Racist, colonialist clichés were omnipresent in both political discourse and popular culture.
7: With the loss
4: of the colonies after the First World War, the big debate in the Weimar Republic centered on colonial
7: revisionism. Mm. Lumeyer's photos
0: enjoyed a revival, riding a wave of post-war colonial nostalgia. Already popular picture postcard motifs, in the 1920s, the images also reappeared in a special edition book marking the birth of German colonialism. The subsequent Nazi regime amplified the revisionism of the Weimar Republic, yet again instrumentalizing the photos.
7: There are
4: a lot of people today in Germany, some scientists, but primarily non-academics, who insist that anti-Semitism was different from the racism shown towards Africans, for example. But I believe that these two phenomena were very closely connected.
2: The defining ideology of the Nazi movement was anti-Semitism. And of course, there is an intrinsic link to the racism against black people.
0: 30 years after Lohmeier's first trip, his photos were featured again in the 1937 book German Africa and its Future. Four years later, another book followed, Our Wonderful Old Colonies. The images had been incorporated into Nazi ideology.
2: The colonial enthusiasts were counting on the Nazis. They hoped that the new Hitler regime would enable the re-establishment of the colonial empire.
1: The Nazi era saw a resurgence of colonial-era images. There were reissues of old magazines and illustrated books. The colonial-era pictures enjoyed a renaissance, with the Nazis happy to make use of that imagery and its inherently racist narrative narrative eingeschrieben sind.
0: The photos were the same. Some of the accompanying texts were revised, with unmistakable references to the ignominy of the First World War defeat. The Nazi publishers deployed racist stereotypes to appeal to readers longing for the old colonies.
2: They were keen to integrate all the colonial enthusiasts into Nazi ideology. There were also plans for a restoration of the overseas empire, which were only abandoned in 1942.
0: When the Second World War broke out, Robert Lohmeyer was 60, married, with two sons and with his own company. he would never return to the former colonial territories. But memories and mementos of Africa remained.
4: That leopard hide accompanied my entire childhood. The apartment was teeming with animals. Chameleons, aquariums, and apparently even a monkey acquired by my grandmother. Although it had to be removed for being too wild. Plus, Reptiles and what have you, a real menagerie. The apartment was hit by a bomb while they were in the basement. My grandparents survived uninjured, but they emerged to face a pile of rubble that remained of their home. A cabinet of curiosities and memories of Africa.
6: He was devastated.
0: After the Second World War, Robert Lohmeyer founded a company specializing in forensics. He'd previously run an agency that marketed photos of the German colonies, including his own black and white shots. His pioneering color photos were no longer a source of income, as the rights belonged to the publisher.
4: I remember how at my grandparents' place, there were still things lying around that they'd salvaged from the rubble. And he'd always have a story about where he'd gotten something, right up until the 1950s.
0: Robert Lohmeyer refrained from further public comment, starting but never finishing his autobiography.
3: Of almost everything I've seen and experienced, there was a recurring dream from my childhood and youth that I seemingly forgot. Until the moment came when I was able to enact it.
0: By the time Lohmeyer died in 1959, he was a largely forgotten figure. But the visual imagery he helped to create lives on, creating a picture of Africa, whose legacy is ongoing to this day.
5: This This
2: this old colonial imagery is still with us today. You can find it everywhere, from advertising to musicals. It has little to do with reality in Africa, but it does manufacture nice-looking pictures. It conveys
5: adventure and exoticism.
0: Current debates over racism and cultural appropriation offer an opportunity to reassess historically important photos, like those taken by Robert Lohmeyer.
8: Ein verantwortungsvoller Umgang
1: mit den Bildern A responsible approach to the pictures would be firstly a critical reappraisal, i.e. seeing and marking them within their context. Even if we as a museum exhibit an image with an accompanying text, we're still reproducing the visual content. One possible approach would be to counter these visual narratives with other images, by creating counter-images, as it were, to these colonial impressions.
0: The first color photos of Africa are now over a century old. They will always represent a milestone in the history of photography, and Robert Lohmeyer, a pioneer in his field. But today, the circumstances of these photos' creation and their use must be contextualized and commented upon if they are to be shown responsibly. They are important witnesses to German colonial history, the imperialist era, and the legacy of racist ideology.